Whoa, that thing is fun. Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits at the Recycle Garage, which is kind of a lie right now. No, we're in the we're in the living room. We're in the living room because we did a uh, recording session earlier and have it set up here. And if you hear a bunch of clanking sounds, that would be Bosley, who just wants to be hanging out with us. And if you hear other clanking sounds... Bosley's the dog, for people who don't know. Probably going to be who's here. So we got Douglas. Here. Lucas. Wes Coochie. Speedo. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mention I'm Liza. And Justin. Yep. So um, we have an opportunity. We don't have big topics to cover today, except we can just talk about... What we've been working on, what we've been doing, our crazy California lifestyles. <laughs> but I wanted to talk about what Lucas and I did yesterday with Knock, yeah. which there were motorcycles there. It counts. Uh, what? Like five? <laughs> um, but briefly, um, we went up to um, a short ride about 10 minutes away up to Scotts Valley. Oh, and there would be Josie, Hi, Josie. the cat joining us. Um to a place called Canepa Motors, which I'd never really... I'd heard of, but didn't know what it was. Justin, do you know about Canepa Motors? No. There's um, a shop up there. It's more than a shop. It's a museum. It's a collection. It's a shop. And they do high-end restorations and modifications customs. So there are a lot of... I guess they specialize in Porsches. A lot of Porsches, like... Uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Bill Gates Porsches were there being worked on. Now well, I've heard of them. I you know, um, Canepa became famous because he was able to get, he's really fond of that one nine four nine, whatever it's called, you know, that one Porsche. Right. Um, and the reason he's famous is because he figured out how to get those cars legal in the United States. Oh, and so Bill Gates and Jerry Seinfeld were willing to pay like top dollar for that stuff. So, so there was, um, we found like a Bugatti hiding in a corner. There was Lambos. There was classics. There was there was Grand Prix cars. There was, but then some really cool motorcycles like Hill Climb Triumph yeah. and Drag Racing V Rod. And, and they had um, what was it like a nine nine eight? Yeah, Ducati. I th- it's cool. I think it was a nine nine six. No, it was an eight. Okay, I'm really sure it was an eight. Um. And an amazing shop. Like, you guys, the shop is huge. There was what? Like, oh, dude, it was like 2,000 square feet at least. Huge, huge. And even on like one wall, I made Lucas take a picture. You look down, it was, you know how you have like a curio shelf in your house? It was the entire end (laughs) wall was like a giant curio shelf full of classic and sports cars yeah. it was what like four high and five across or no something? it was more it was i think it was four or five high and like yeah about five four high five across something like that just little cubes with amazing cars in and you, there yeah we just like walked on the bottom level and they're just like oh there's like a bugatti whatever just in some state of disrepair and like oh and there's some something or other you know 
Uh, there was um, a bunch of like Shelby Cobras being torn down. But what was really cool is I was looking in some of the um, tool chests that they had and looking at all the drill bits and all the. Oh my gosh! I mean, I was I'm surprised drooling. they let people do that. <laughs> well, they're opening it once a month. They're having an open house and letting people go in, and you could see that it's like a museum, but it's not really open to the public. It's this personal. This I don't know. Anyway, I was my heart was fluttering. Tool there. porn. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Unless oh it was getting gosh. hot and bothered seeing all those tools. It was. I mean, uh, that's something I don't want to think about. And of course, they had like giant like English wheel and all this stuff because they're you know like working on like cobras and making body parts and stuff. They do it all there. And also, uh, we saw a couple of those car. They were like those corn ends for cars, and you just like stick them on both ends. You can oh, rotate yeah. the whole chassis. Shish kebab. There's a, a thread recently on Vampires MC forum. It says, Canepa Cars and Coffee. Looking for an excuse to hit the road starting April 12th, Canepa will open its doors and parking lot for a coffee-fueled celebration yes. of all things automotive. Roll out your pride and joy and join your fellow Leadfoots for an amazing morning of classics, exotic race cars, hot rods, and motorcycles. So this is going to be, what, uh, 8 to 12 p.m. on the second Saturday of the month through October. Highly recommend it to anyone in the area. It's just... Uh uh, especially if you like tools and shops. I mean, and you can see some really crazy stuff. I mean, we were like, there was a Lambo being torn, like half a, torn apart. They're restoring a Countach. A Countach. Yeah. We're just walking around, sticking our head, looking, That's looking a dirty at stuff. Word. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was awesome. And then we did a short little ride and went and had a nice breakfast. And so I heard somebody popped a wheelie. Yeah, knock, yeah. <laughs> knock totally popped a wheelie in front of Canepa. Oh, squid. I was like, I, uh, I kind of feel like it, but I don't think I should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was really cool. Um, anyone else do anything interesting yesterday before we get to today? I worked. Okay. <laughs> did you Ruby. Did you ride your motorcycle to work? I did. Hey, there you go. And then Bill came and got it to ride with Donut. And the Ghost Mountain Riders first days of summer. Oh, that's why there's all those loud bikes. Yeah, and he gets back and he hands me the keys like, whoa, that thing is fun. I'm like, you never rode a supermoto before. Guess not. So uh, you want to talk about your past week of whoa? Uh, so I got the CB400T that uh, has a charging problem. So I got a new used uh, CDI for it. No, RegRec. Um and also, I decided just to get a, a Kickstarter for it because I kept getting stranded. So, like, <laughs> I know this is not the right logical thing to do. Don't, but, <laughs> don't fix the charging problem. But <laughs> just get a ticket. But no, I got it. I got Thank a new Thank you for picking rig. up on that. Yes. So, uh, because I like the challenge and I want a freaking Kickstarter on my bike anyway because it's badass. It's cool. Um, so, I get the engine torn down. I get the 78 CB400T parts, throw it in there. And uh, it turns out that the the kickstart gear and the transmission gear are not meshed properly, or one's a little bit bigger than it should be. So I'm frustrated, pulling my hair out all day until Liza gets home, and finally figured out that I need to grind down the the gear, the outside circumference of the gear. You know that pressure of as soon as somebody else walks up, suddenly you figure it yeah. out. <laughs> I'm pulling my hair out. I'm checking the Honda Twins forum. Like what the hell is? It's not in the thread about changing your bike over to kickstart 
nothing about that bigger bigger gear thing. So I'm like, okay, this is what I should do. I post it up on the forum, and then I grind the gear down because I have two because I ordered uh, two different ones. Um, and uh, sure enough, I got them to mesh properly by cutting the valleys deeper and grinding down the outer circumference. So literally, just taking a grinder. Well, I put the yeah. grinder in the vice. I put the grinder, the hand grinder, in the vice and just push it the gear up next to it slowly. This is where I take credit. Right? Yeah, she. I realized we, we got to make a little milling machine out of our hand tools. And uh, so put the grinder in the vice and then put our my other little um, bench vice, uh, the the drill press vice, right up to it. So you can slide the piece along right up to, so it's like a little circular uh, saw. Are you still wondering saw. why I don't bring the BMW down here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Hey man, it worked. So after my rant on HondaTwins.net, uh, I'd grind down the gear and then I go check the form again. And the guy's like, oh, you have an 81, don't you? Well, this is what you got to do. You got to take the gear and grind it down. <laughs> I'm like. Uh, that one little victory after that day of frustration made it all worth it. And so I'm like, you know, I'll come back to the garage in the morning and I'll, I'll, I'll button it up and uh, get it ready to go to work and everything. Because I worked at 1.30 in the afternoon. I get here and I'm, you know, putting the engine back together. I get it in the bike and I get on the bike and I'm like, I'm just going to test it out. You guys haven't heard. You don't know where this yes, is going. Yes, yeah, you have here. no idea. So I, I'm like, I kick the thing over and I'm like, wow, that's really binding. I did it wrong. I fucking messed it up completely. I, I, I didn't put the side cover back on, so the kick start shaft had only one point that it was being held in, which was inside the engine. So when I kicked down, it completely tore the lower crankcase uh, mount uh-huh. up. Oh, I feel so freaking stupid about this. Um, so it kicked like twice and then bound up, and uh, that's where I'm at with it now. So I have to order a new lower crankcase. I for think. Did you put some pictures on? The recycle I did. page. I, of the I will um, right now. Actually, I have some on my phone of my folly. So it's quite tragic. It was yeah, like brilliance followed by I was tragedy. Rushing and um, it was just a big a bonehead move, and I'm taking all all the blame for that. This is one of those times where you actually probably wish you smoked. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no excuse because I, I was rushing because well, I had to get to work. And, and, because yeah. if you're in a when when you have that big problem. Yeah, that ditch, whatever the big problem is. When I used to smoke all the time, when you start feeling yourself get ready to choke somebody out, <laughs> you mean the walk away moment? You step away, you light a cigarette, and you sit down, and you just well starve your lungs of oxygen while sucking in carcinogens. But you take that five minutes away, and a, a cigarette takes about. Um, Four and a half well, you smoked smoke. American Spirit, so your cigarettes would last like 15. Well, about seven. About <laughs> seven, 15. I used to work as a security guard, and you had to time it because you had to get back in to push the button. But if you take the time, that that's that pause. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So I'm not going to start smoking just to work on bikes. This is ridiculous. I might. Why not? <laughs> so anyway, there, there are worse reasons to start. Like that's where you're gonna look cool. That's where I'm at with the <laughs> guilty. That's All right, I'm, I was 16. <laughs> that was a maybe long you did look ago. cool then. I don't know. I don't think it's cool anymore. <laughs> so you got to order a new engine case now, right? So if anybody has a lower, let me know. And now it's just the exterior, or it's the actual interior of the crank. It's the interior. Oh. It, it, I can still throw it together and use it just electric start only, but How do you that plan defeats on... the whole purpose of. How do you plan on splitting the case? 
It's already split. It's already split. Yeah. He had to split the Kickstarter gear works with the transmission, so everything is split and open. All right. Yeah, the I engine's know. completely disassembled right now. Yeah. I rebuilt my uh, RM125, and mm-hmm. me and John were beating the crankcase with just some rubber mallet, trying to break it, split it apart. We used the torch. Heat you it know up. that the person you sold it to is in the room, right? Yeah, I understand that. I told him that <laughs> I fixed it. But I'm saying, like, <laughs> splitting the case was... Splitting a case after, it. you know, the first time ever is a challenge. When you've split the case five times prior to that... <laughs> okay, you laugh, but I got a brand new, two brand new casings. It only takes a couple wax with the mallet and it comes right apart. <laughs> I replaced both of them. So. Okay, all right. So what other woes have you had, Douglas? Well, and then something's going on with the Ninja. It's not getting fuel. And, uh... Then all of a sudden, the clutch cable on the DRZ decided to go out, <laughs> both while Megan was driving the damn thing. So Megan's not allowed to ride my bikes anymore. Um, the clutch, <laughs> clutch cable snapped on her, and then the, she had fuel problems with the Ninja. Yeah, why isn't she just borrowing one of Lucas's bikes? He's got plenty. Uh, <laughs> she can ride Donut's 250. I don't give a crap about that. <laughs> That's like that's like when I jump on my 750 and then I try and ride the 250. It's like, wow, this is really slow. <laughs> yeah. So I I I know that feeling when you have more vehicles not running than running. Right. It's really like daunting. It's like oh man. And not what not even a month ago, I was complaining to myself that I don't have any projects to work on. Yeah. And then you got sudden, what you wish for. <laughs> I got this damn eight GS850 I gotta get rid of too Yeah, you got a little woe on that too mm-hmm. So <laughs> If anybody wants a GS850 you can Everyone's have laughing because Bosley's snoring No, I'm laughing no. because I know why he wants to sell the GS850 no. So let's just Cover this for a second When you're buying something On Craigslist what did the person tell you about the registration fees owed? Uh, he said that he has the title. You didn't ask. That's it. You chose not to ask him whether or not you. It's two hundred and fifty bucks. How much? With seven hundred dollars in fees. It's only with six like something. over three hundred of that is is penalties, which I'm not going to be liable for, oh. or anybody's going to be liable for. Except for the original owner. Uh, You know, which brings up, I was talking to, um, so we had a new guy, Tom, come by the shop today, who is a actual mechanic. He has his own shop on the west side. And um, what's uh, his, what's his shop? Do we know about the card is in the other room. It's called like T&D Motorsports or something like that. Um, I wonder if that, that was his partner, uh, uh, Devin was here today too. Anyway, he was saying, uh, yeah, I never pay those fees anyway. So you know how we printed out that mm-hmm. code from the DMV that actually says if you were un- unknowing in the fees that you aren't responsible for them? Or it's really a gray area the way it's worded. He actually has that printed out and he walks in with it and shows it to him about how I, I didn't, I was unaware there were any back fees owed. Therefore, I do not have penalty fees. You talking penalty fees or yeah, actual? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. You can't get out of the past year's registration. You get out of all of the penalties, which are what seventy five percent of it. Yeah, it, it, around there. Um, 
So, but, but yeah, if you're to sell it, are you going to tell the next person, just coach them how to do it? Or are you going to buck up? I'm going to say I don't have the title and I don't know. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that a good thing to admit on the podcast? (laughs) Well, no, he's... If they don't want to check it, No, he's he's selling it as a parts bike. Oh, okay. That's saying, I do know, but I'm not saying... You're not going to sell it to a newbie as a first bike no. without being... If they ask... Because it doesn't run. It's not safe. It, it doesn't even have tires on it. Right. So... Yeah, that's always a pain. Um, but or yeah. or the... Uh, what is it called? There's an event coming up <laughs> where they take these... Uh, what is it? You're not talking about the dirt bag. No. Dirt Quake 2014. Oh, I don't know that one. Yeah, it's posted up on the Vampires cool. MC form as well. Bad Dirt Track Racing. <gasps> basically, this is on the form. Uh, basically, people show up on bikes that are totally not supposed to be on a track and give it to give it a best shot. Past events had a vintage or retired pro race on Saturday camping and a ridiculous amount of beer. <laughs> Looks like a similar oh vibe to Dirt Bag. Uh, Justin, would you do that? And there's a photo of these like uh, rigids racing around with dirt tires on a flat track. You could pass this around. Oh my god! And it's like four days of camping and debauchery and a bunch of smoke and tires burning and fuel burning and manliness. I mean, a cruiser might could handle on the dirt since it's so low. You can well, and out. Adrian offered up his uh, his FZ6. Is that what he has? Yeah, an FZ6. Really? Yeah. What? <laughs> I know, right? No. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Lucas is in it. Whatever it is, he doesn't care. He's in. Take the Ninja 250. Um, let's see. Uh, how about Davey? What did you well, do today? I can actually beat his oh. tail of heartache and woe oh, on motorcycles. Oh, really? Well, let's hear. So, all right. I do not crack my own cases on the Beamer. <laughs> yeah. All right. There, there, there are things that are just too expensive to do. Yeah. Um, and a failure there is big. So uh, understand I've got 90,000 miles and to date, uh, just lower $1,200 worth of non-rider inflicted maintenance. So it's been really good to me. So I took it into Cal BMW because there, I'd heard a kind of a slapping sound inside the case. Oh no. And I'm thinking, all right, well, my valves are destroyed. Um, it's a slapping sound that on startup, it doesn't stay there. Any guesses for the cause? I just chain. Cam chain. Yeah. Stretched. Yeah. A lot. Right. So they're like, oh, you know, we got to replace this. Especially with that mileage, sure. Yeah. And, uh, all right, cool. You know, what you're going to say, don't give it to me in the pieces and put it in the truck and take it home now. So we, uh, they shear three bolts on the exhaust header of four. Oh, the shop did? Yeah. Ooh. And they shear one more off in the engine. Huh. However, because they sheared four of my bolts, they removed the one that San Jose BMW sheared, charged me $200 and didn't remove. So they were nice about it. $2,300 later, I get the bike back. Yes. $2,300 later. (laughs) They have to remove it from, they have to remove the engine from the case, crack the case completely open and replace the cam chain. See, that's the fun of being 18. I would never, ever think about that. uh, 81, I bought it for $250. It's a thirteen thousand dollar bike, and even with its ninety thousand miles, it's worth ten grand. I'm just saying, if it I get any bill bigger than yeah. two three hundred dollars, so, it's going in my backyard and never leaving. Well, I've, <laughs> I, I've also got fourteen countries on it, and two continents. 
So there's a there's an emotional connection. <laughs> so I get it home, and uh, I'm going to I've decided I'm going to ride Los Padres for my 40th birthday, and uh, so I I'm, I'm going to go out and I uh, they had said I need to change my sprocket. They're wrong, but so I got changed my sprocket. Um, I've got all the parts, and I go to get on my dr on the on the dr 250 because that's it's plated. I'm going to take the Los Padres. I'm going to ride out my 40th birthday. I'm just going to disappear for a day. 250 doesn't start. Two hours <laughs> later, the 250 doesn't start. Guess. No. Oh, I'd give it some guess. <laughs> so wait, I'm never going to let you live that down. Yes. Well, it gets better. So. What well, define doesn't start? Will not kick over. Oh, it's kickstart only. Kickstart only. And actually, the problem was that the headlight cutoff switch was in the wrong position. Because when it's, it has a, it's, it, there's no battery. So you, it works only on a capacitor. And so if you, when you turn the headlight, when you have the headlight on and you right. kick it, it's burning mon- power out of the capacitor and it won't fire. If you turn the headlight off in this little switch, it will fire. It charges the capacitor enough to. So that's just as dumb as not having gas. I don't know, not having gas. (laughs) (laughs) He had us both up there kicking that thing for twenty minutes. (laughs) Hey, you didn't look either. So (laughs) he just threw you under the bus. (laughs) So I, I, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna put replace the sprockets. I pull the rear wheel off. I replace the front sprocket, the drive sprocket. I pull the rear wheel off, and this dust falls out. Lots. Of silver dust <gasps> out of the final drives. Uh-huh. As I look in and realize that the bearing race has grenaded, and when I say grenaded, I mean that there are two bearings left the, out of the out the of the BMW. Hub. Yep, out of the rear hub. Because I was like, okay, I'm done with the 250. I'm going to take the Beamer out. <laughs> right. Which is an F800. Which is F800 GS. Right. An 09 F800 GS with 90,000 miles. <laughs> well done. <laughs> So, I, I pull it apart and realize that it hasn't just grenaded. It has grenaded and out of rounded the hole that the sleeve fits in. The the pocket where the where the where the wheel belt where the wheel bearing sits is about a good centimeter larger than it should be. <laughs> So this is the hub of the the rear wheel. I don't know, Doug. You he might win. <laughs> you didn't feel this when you were riding it. Strangely enough, what I what I noticed was a loss of two miles per gallon in fuel efficiency. Huh. I mean, seriously, that was so. So then it's fine then, if that's the only thing you noticed. Right. Well, now it won't go back together. <laughs> All right. So it's we're done. Right. You take that and put it in the truck. You only have have the two bikes with you. Right. Now I want you to understand. This is my fortieth birthday. Happy birthday. Ten o'clock. You're that only, night. Wait. You're only 40? This was 10 years ago. I was so trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah. No, this was this March. This was like really? two weeks ago. At 10 o'clock, I go from being engaged to be married to single with my motorcycle in the back of my truck heading to Arizona. What? I got you beat. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he got Sorry. You beat. With my non-functional motorcycle, my baby having no wheel won't go in the back of the Does truck. Does this have anything to do with the motorcycles? Yes. Interesting. And we'll leave it at that because... Does that have anything to do with the fact that your F800 has her own uh, Facebook page? Dude. (laughs) (laughs) I will... (laughs) In my defense, I did break up with my motorcycle when we got engaged. 
I did break up with my motorcycle <laughs> and get engaged on Facebook with her. So this is a whole nother topic. John and Justin got me in this joke too. And I was trying to figure out <laughs> Justin's Facebook page. It says, you know, engaged to Kate F 800. I'm like, who the fuck is this Kate chick? I, she come to our rallies or something. So for half the day, I'm trying to figure out, and they're pointing out, like, oh, is it this girl with the ponytails and the blonde hair? I'm like, no, 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 is it, it's got to be, no, and it's this other girl. We're sending him offended messages from yeah. Kate's profile and about how dare she not recognize She's like, don't him. you remember me? You know, we met and da-da-da-da-da, and I'm just like, I, at a loss for words. I felt so stupid, and then later dawned on me that, that his, that's his bike. <laughs> I believe so, that Megan saved you on that one. They got me, yeah. Uh, which you're not the first one, actually. When I got in a relationship with him, the first co- no, but, the but first there's comment- a photo of your bike on the profile. Right? <laughs> you're an idiot. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the, when I put the relationship up the first time, uh, James's first comment was, "Did your motorcycle approve of this?" And then his next oh. comment was, "Well played, sir. Well played." <laughs> okay. So that uh, so I, in Phoenix, I managed to. Figure out the problem for the 250, which and was that I didn't that the you know, oh right 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 it's it's, it's the capacitor. the switch right. yes it's the capacitor. okay at least that's my story and I'm sticking to it yeah it and was the fuel no that actually that fuel tank was top um, and uh, and I had extra fuel because that allowed me to save some guy on the side of the road whose Triumph had run out of fuel and then when I got back uh, as of Two days, three days ago, I got the the beer, my hub pressed and got Kate back on the road. Okay, which is why today I just checked out of the world and went and rode and rode and rode and rode and rode. You're allowed to do that, you know, whenever you want. You don't need a reason. Um, I have this tendency when my life goes wrong to check out of the world. You know what he took with him, don't you? His moto bandido. <laughs> Sex toy toolkit. <laughs> he didn't want to be alone. I want to spend some quality time with Kate, that's for sure. You have to give us some of the reviews. I could post a photo. Oh, geez. There's a whole thing with a, a misdelivery somewhere around Christmas presents of things that you really don't want someone to find in your truck. Oh, my gosh. All right, so let's see. Lucas, you worked on a bike this week, didn't you? Yeah, mine. <laughs> <laughs> didn't you work on your dad's, too? Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, Saturday, uh, I talked last time about how we were trying to get my dad's Seika 600 running, 92 Yamaha Seika 600. And um, we determined it was having fueling problems. Uh, we swapped out the fuel filter to a transparent one so we could tell that there was no fuel going into the filter. And so I was telling my dad, you either your petcock is not working or you're getting no vacuum pressure. <laughs> petcock. You guys are getting on my case shit nipples. You, you guys you are get, fucking immature. You should use the nipples <laughs> next to his petcock. Uh, yeah. um, but so we found out that there wasn't anything wrong with the vacuum pressure or the pump. So uh, I told him to take apart the petcock. And he took it apart and cleaned it out and then uh, put it back on the bike. And he had me run it for, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes. No problems whatsoever. Bike was fueling, ran great, you know. So now we got to just do everything else that needs work, like the suspension and rebuilding the forks and um, 
painting it and getting some new sprockets and chain and tires and stuff so it's not really roadworthy yet i don't he's like can i ride this to work i'm like no dad no <laughs> i mean maybe if you don't value your safety go right ahead but it's uh it's still got a little ways to go so there was that but today i was also working on my jigsaw's pipe once again now that we had another mechanic guy come around i figured i'd let him take a crack at it but it's apparently the hardest end cap to remove on the face of the earth so i'm just like Fuck it, I'm just going to sell that pipe. I'm getting rid of it because it's too loud. <laughs> so, I think I'm just going to put stock pipes back on and be miserable. Tom Ooh. came in and he goes, this is the first person who's complaining their bike is too loud and wants to put stock pipes on. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's I've only... It. It's because it's I have tinnitus. I mean, if I didn't, I'd probably just be like, whatever. But it's just so loud that it makes my tinnitus louder and louder the more I ride it. So, I just can't take it anymore i gotta put a quieter pipe on so davy you want to talk about your little project what you've been doing and what needs to be done well you know earlier you said uh it doesn't work until someone comes around and then it dawns on you what's <laughs> yes. the matter with it yes well i had that today on my 81 maximum 750 i am going through and checking the electrical and it's not getting spark from one of the coils and can't figure out why, can't figure out why. I'm this is a continuation from the last time you were working on it too, right? You yes. figured out last time. That so it wasn't working. And so I'm looking at it, I'm going through the wiring. I switched the coil wire so that way I could check. And yes, there is spark getting to the ones that weren't getting spark. So it's wiring problems. Well, Liza comes by and looks at it and she pulls apart a wire and says, you know that this was disconnected, plugs it back in, says, let's check it again. Sure enough, it has spark right after that. Well, yeah. I mean, I've been telling you all along, we had the bike running, so it's most likely something disconnected. It's still... And there was two wires. (laughs) Well, four wires, Four wires, two connections, yeah. Two connections, just with matching colors and everything. Just not connected at everything, all. Everything but a big sign that was illuminated saying connect these. <laughs> and, I, and it's like, well, Davey said he checked everything, went through everything. Huh, I wonder what these two wires are. In, yeah. in Davey's defense, you do have a lot of experience at pattern recognition that he does not. No, these were just right in front of you when you sit down. <laughs> and and, and I, I hear you saying that, but I'm having, having worked with my cousin when he comes by and says, oh, no, this is the problem and this is really obvious. And you're like, no, it isn't. I think it's one of those things when something is invisible in plain sight. Yes. Yeah. That's what it was. I you're, agree. You're used to looking for things that are disconnected. That is how you, that you're. Right. You have the a, whole bike is like, looks disconnected. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, look so like anything. Why don't you describe, to work on that bike. describe what it is and what your goal is with, with it. Okay. So what I'm doing to it is it already, you already put on a Ducati four to one exhaust on this Yamaha. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I'm going, we're hiding all the electrical underneath the seat. I'm coming up with an idea for a solo sleep for it, like a flat tracker type idea, mm-hmm. but not quite. Um, it's more of just like a brat, you know, my own personal throw together and works. It's going to be like a cafe tracker brat. I'm kind of envisioning basically. what Moik had on his Ducati. Remember that Ducati that was here for a little bit? Yeah. Just a really short stubby seat. And exactly. And tail lights integrated with that. Right. That's and what I'm basically doing. Bondo, yeah. metal, welding. Yeah. That just simple. gets the job done. That's it. And I like how it's just short and the whole back tire is just hanging out there. Right. And I'm probably going to need new shocks on it. So in that way it's yeah. raised up a little bit. Um, but I'm pretty 
inexperienced on finding that stuff, I'd either buy something that's the same size or something that's way too big. So, so let me ask you this. So for people who don't know, you had a first project bike when you first came to us. Which was about two years ago now. Mm-hmm, which was the GS550. Yes, it was the GS550. It was a 1980, and that I turned into a cafe brat. I really like the extended seat on it. I welded, went to my local um, metal shop and had them make me a loop about 12 inches long, and I welded it on my first time ever welding. Checked it out. You know, I sat on it, jumped on it, made sure that wasn't going <laughs> to go anywhere. I think Liza laughed the most because she was... Surprised. Surprised that it held <laughs> <Is> that holding? <laughs> oh, I guess it works, but yeah, I fixed it up, was going through just chasing electrical problems, electrical problems, electrical problems, and it turned out that the pulse generator, the first thing that I did, the first day I came to the shop and worked on this bike, I changed it, mm-hmm. and it turns out it wasn't compatible. And for six months after that, right. just chasing around something that I did wrong. Yeah, I always remind people on these projects... That you may get very frustrated and it may take a long time, but remember that you're learning. It's it's more about what you're learning on this. Same with, uh, you know, Douglas. And Never your, give your up and do whatever it takes. Basically. Yeah, because what's more valuable is everything you're learning while you And then you're doing when it. you finish the project, it makes it all that much more enjoyable. So how come you sold that bike? I sold that bike because... Um, what was its name? Its name was Terminator. Terminator. <laughs> Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I sold that bike. I had a friend of mine who was like, oh, I love this bike. I love this bike. I love this bike. I want it so bad. And I was like, well. You're like, no, you don't want this yeah, I was like, I was like, you, you really don't. He's like, no, I do. I do. I really do. Like, it's giving me issues. Like, I would ride. I tried to go over Pacheco Pass 152. I'm from the San Joaquin Valley. So getting over here takes me an hour and a half. So, of course. I decided one day, you know what, I'm going to take this 1980 bike that I just fixed two weeks ago over the hill and be able to conquer this. That's the spirit. Yeah, and I made it up to the first pass of the hill, and it died. And then I got to ride um, on the back of the motorcycle. I'm not lo- sure if we're allowed to cuss. Not necessarily. Do it. Do it. I was going to, I had to ride bitch all the way to Hollister <laughs> to get in the yeah. truck and drive back and you pick it up. You said the B word. Right, row. Well, I don't know. I'm sorry. That doesn't even rise the bar here. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I had something I was going to say and I forgot. Uh, oh, what a, what's the status on uh, Jimmy? Jimmy. Uh, he's just in town. He's looking at a, like Harley's now. He's got a new job. He's working a lot. He still rides his bike around. <laughs> I hear it coming around the corner. I'm like, is someone riding a weed whacker? And then there's Jimmy riding by. <laughs> So he put did he he put like green LEDs on that thing. Oh yeah, I yeah. mean to each their own. But dude, that's that's pretty lame. Why is <laughs> that I lame? I could put like blue LEDs on my bike. It I was like, God, yeah, get yeah. out of here. It dude, looks that, sweet. That is so Camaro. That's okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> some okay. some people will get that. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty Camaro. Dude. Why are LEDs lame, Douglas? Because they're Camaro. <laughs> Well, aren't you eating up the energy budget you should be running your heated gear off of? Yeah, exactly. Just, just checking. So um, I want to take a second to cover our Craigslist porn pick of the week bah, 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 bah. as we're talking about project bikes. So I found a pretty smoking deal, I'm going to say. Um, 
This is in the Bay Area. Stayed local. Wait, wait. What? I think, I, is this a Magna? No, it's a Vulcan. Okay. okay. You have any, like, old Magnas that are for sale? I've seen a couple on Craigslist for, like, under $600. I, I uh, when I was looking for my dad bike, I was like, why are there so many Magnas for sale cheap? And someone told me, like, oh, yeah, they have this one problem where they just stop working. <laughs> like, after this many miles. <laughs> Well, this so. one is a 96 Kawasaki Vulcan 750, which actually looks pretty clean-ish and complete, at least. Um, here's And here's why it's a deal. I love this. Um, great to good condition, but more of a mechanic special. I just had this bike running, but the starter froze. Needs replacement or rebuild, or maybe just hit it with a hammer. Percussive maintenance. <laughs> I like it. Um, he says, a buddy of mine bought it and asked me to fix it for him. A week later, he got a wild hair and bought a new Harley-Davidson Sportster. A week after that, he got deployed to Afghanistan. <laughs> week poor, after that, his wife left him. Poor week Vulcan. After that, <laughs> poor Vulcan, no longer wanted or needed. So basically, he's been left with this bike that's just been abandoned. Um, he said it's got a new battery. The carbs have been clean. The tires are good. The seat is perfect. Good spark compression. The paint is nice. The chrome is pretty damn good, too. All the electrical works. Everything else, he says, the only problem it has is a small dent in the left exhaust, a scuff on the left Vulcan badge, the instrument bezels are a little rusty, and the starter is stuck. Um, and it is... Starter starter is stuck, like the starter motor. Yeah, the, so I think the yeah, so that's something. That's it's probably just so brushes. Easy. If it's stuck, see Megan's uh, ninja was doing that too. I don't think it's brushes on a ninety six. Isn't that Jimmy's bike, but just mm, bigger engine? It's yeah. electric start, then there's brushes. <clears throat> no, but I don't think those would be bad on a bike with. Um, it's not that old. Um, it 96 says, is kind of old. DMV site says it's $84 past due. Asking $450, which is exactly what Bud has in the bike. That's Can we, a see, it? Can we see a photo? Yeah. I'd like to see it. Here, uh, pass that around to Doug. Ask him if he wants to trade a GS850. <laughs> I don't think he wants another bike. But that's a really good deal. Especially for a beginner. Okay, who's snoring? Bosley is snoring. Oh, my heck. Um, yeah, somebody in the Bay Area can scoop that up. Yeah. So, Justin, you're miming to me, and I have no idea what you're trying to say. I was suggesting they move the mic away from Bosley snoring, but oh. then it turned into nah, whatever, it's a right. giant joke about I wasn't sure if it, was, third. if it was Lucas snoring. I don't snore. <laughs> you never hear yourself snoring is what you well, mean to say. Yeah, but nobody's ever complained ever, so that's because you sleep never lonely. mind. Sleep <laughs> lonely. I was gonna go there, but you would have to give someone the chance for the experience. So we had a couple other people come by today. Well Megan was here doing more pink. There was work. a lot of people here when I got here. I know. Did you want to see this, Justin? Um no. seen Meg- one, seen them all. Megan is still painting one of Adrian's bikes oh, pink. My God. And she then, should be painting that thing till like September. And then she complains about having headaches. Like, hello. Wait, why is why pink? Why? It's just it's a mm. ongoing it's a joke. Because Does he we know? we threatened to turn it into my pretty pony and paint it pink and put um, a mane on it that he can braid, which I thought was hysterical. <laughs> and he said, "Hmm, go ahead and paint it pink, but no mane." 
Okay. <laughs> no, no handlebar tassels. Either. Well, you know, I, I have a theory though. I have a theory because Adrian got a new bike, which means that this is going to be his loner bike. One uh, of two loners. And if you don't want anyone borrowing your loner bike, paint it freaking pink. Glitter pink. I can wow. tell you that when you put a whole lot, <laughs> when you put a whole lot of pink stickers on it. And uh, you have a friend who's been, say, borrowing and crashing your bike for some time. He does go out and buy his own bike. <laughs> well, there you go. You know, maybe a Kickstart DR250. Ah, uh, yeah. Man, I think I'd look rad on a pink bike. I don't, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Let's see. Um, Mason dropped by today. Yeah, Mason dropped by. <laughs> and, uh, oh, because he needs to get his tires changed. Okay. Yeah. So we gave him Rich's number, and he had a pretty girl following him on his Ninja Three Hundred, Three Hundred, which looked pretty cool. Um, and then we had a new guy, Alon, come by to tell us about Alon. his CB Five Fifty that he needs his help. A L A N. I think it's, it's A L O N. He smells like Jamiroquai. <laughs> Stop it. What's Donuts doing with his uh, Two Fifty? Don't oh the Ninja Two Fifty? Yeah. yeah. In my Ask Lucas. Um, if he wants to sell it, go for it. He just wanted me to hold on to it for some reason. So I'm holding on to it, uh, trying to see if anybody wants it. Cool. Yeah. How much? Uh, he wants to get close to three, but that's not happening. So no, yeah. I'd say in the ballpark of 2012, yeah. it'd be worth that much if he didn't crash it and everything Never. worked. Well, he crashed yeah. it and then he got insurance money and he wants to get the same price for it. I'm like, you got insurance money for that shit, dude. Like you can't just yeah. sell it for the same price. 800 cash. Oh yeah. yeah. We're working on it. But donut came and changed out his brake shoes or big pads. Yeah. Um, on the CBR, on the CBR and, he was asking me, how do you tell when the um, rotors need to be replaced? Because someone told him he needed his rotors replaced. I said, you know, that's a really good question. I don't actually know what the defining thing is. I said, It'll work go until on... they're gone. No, that's not true. I said, go sure. on Google and find out. They give you the specs so you can um, measure it. And he says, I, I can't find it. All I can find is what it should be when it's brand new. Okay. Well, then when Tom came, I'm like, hey, Tom. Donut was asking, how do you tell when it's that time to change them out? And Tom just went over, felt them, and there's a giant ridge from the very end down in. Because, yeah, you need to change them. I said, yeah, but can you explain us why? Like, what, why? Um, and he said that it does get hotter as it gets thinner, for one, and then it becomes more likely to warp when it's running hotter. Um, but also you, your surface has become so uneven at this point when you put on new pads, your, pad, your pads won't that fit. he said you might be running at like 60 or 75% braking. You just don't use your rear brake anyway. This is a front, huh. both of the front <laughs> rotors. I've replaced the, uh, the, the rear pads on the Beamer once. So, I mean, it could almost be said that that's a performance upgrade, you know, to, to replace that. So, but he opted not to and to just put new pads on. Um, and Mike came by. <laughs> I guess Mike got the CB550 running. Somebody yeah, we bled the brakes today. Took it for a ride. The front brakes. And uh, we just got to push him to sell it now. Mm -hmm. May 8th or May 10th. 
Yeah, there's going to be some bikes for sale. Yeah. At our garage Buy sale. Buy my CBR. Buy my Ninja. <laughs> Buy my XR75. <laughs> Buy my GSA50. Looks GSA like we're going to have a couple CB550s. Buy me for a an Ninja hour. 250. I guess a CBR 600. 600R. If I don't sell it before then, I, I got to sell it. <laughs> I might throw Rad out there. See what happens. If I don't know. Maybe. Um, and uh, Widow for a dollar. What's Widow? The one holding up all the pipes and everything in front <laughs> oh, of the wall of shame. Uh, the one that we yeah we set. What bike is that actually? That's a GS five fifty L. Yeah, that was my uh, yeah. parts bike when I was working on my first project bike. Yeah, I think everybody's robbed parts off that bike. I know. I can't believe we're still getting parts off. I of that. know. So, um, uh, real quick, I wanted to uh, give a movie review. Okay. I saw a movie that I liked. And it had motorcycles in it. Biker Boys? No. Thank you. <laughs> James Bond? Can I do a Biker Boys movie review? I'd like to do that. It's available on a DVD. It's The Place Beyond the Pines. Uh, you talked about this last podcast, didn't you? No, I don't think I brought that it That movie that briefly had motorcycles liked it. in it. I that movie you starring did. Ryan Gosling for 25 minutes. There's some, cool, there's some cool writing in there. I thought that the James Bond stunt work was pretty impressive. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. Skyfall. The, Red. The, I understand. With the opening scene of Skyfall, are you kidding me? That was the lamest motorcycle scene I've ever seen. I liked it. Don't be a hater. So, yes, I'm going to hate on that scene. <laughs> All right. Sucked. Just the <laughs> okay. t- They have like three KLRs on the top of the train. And they're oh, jumping right. <laughs> bridges and stuff. You're like, this is not even in bad physics movies. This is horrible, horrible physics movies. It's the skill ball. required for the stuntman to drive along the top of the top of the house. That's what I thought was cool. It was. It wasn't not the physics. It's the stunt work. That That's, there, there is a stunt rider out there no, who's it, made it a decent amount so of money bad to take. do this. It was cool though. Like wow, that guy can keep this bike on top of a roof within like a six inch strip. If you agree like, with these cool. buttholes, email us and tell us. If you agree with me that it's so stupid, don't email say a us word. and tell us. <laughs> Well, it's interesting because that kind of relates to in this movie when I'm watching this like chase scene where he's on a dirt bike and whenever I see movies where these crazy riding on dirt bikes, you know, um, all these like spy movies and stuff, they have them and you know, it's an actual stunt person riding like that and it's like. How do they do that and not just completely lose control? Or do they have to do like 10 takes because the first nine he crashed and you get the one where he actually makes that sliding turn? Why do you think they're, why do you think they're actually doing it? Because uh, someone it's has Hollywood. to Hollywood. It's Hollywood. They have rigs for that shit. No, it's che- yeah. It is cheaper to have a guy just ride it. And yeah. All right. If you go out to Ren's property at Hollister. Yeah. And Love that you, part. And you go, on to, you go on the Black Diamonds. The Black Diamond Trails are about six to eight inches wide and on Renz, right? So the ability to put the front, your, your front tire, to keep your front tire on a six inch wide strip is actually, if I can do it, I'm not that good. I can do it on the Beamer. Um, so when you're talking about like, say the bikes, when you're talking about, they're pushing like a 125 around, they're throwing around a lot. One of the things about dirt bikes is that you can, you it is not terribly difficult to make it look like you're doing a lot more than you really are. Mm, I see. You can do like a, an overlean where you push it all the way down and mm-hmm. you use your body to keep on top of it. Well, it looks like you're throwing that bike all around and what you're really doing is going, you're making a gentle turn by fighting the bike with your body. 
doing everything that we tell new writers not to do. Right. Right. So, and that's one of the things we talk about dirt is that when you, when you see what guys do on dirt in comparison to what people do on the street, it looks much more impressive. Yeah. Having a giant rooster tail looks pretty cool too, but all you're really doing is gunning it. All all the things added to it, like being out, you know, on the wilderness, like you think, Oh my God, he could hit a tree at any moment, but really they could just, it's really easy. They're really nimble bikes. Like he's saying, you do. I, I think maybe things. they're adding, maybe they're speeding the film up to make it look like they're going faster. Cause that's what gets. No, I, I think it was all real time. I think they all, they did. It was totally real. They did it all in one take. <laughs> Here's the question. You guys seen uh, dust of glory? Yes. Sure. What does mouse McCoy no, do no. for a living? Uh, I don't know. Oh, is that him? No, but what does he do for a living? Rides motorcycles. He's a stuntman. Oh. He's a stunner. So, Mouse McCoy is in your pool of people who can ride. Who can, right. Right. So, if you're talking about it, 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 as I understand it, one of the things that if you are a B-grade professional racer that you do is that you, for instance, you drive the camera bikes for a bicycle race. Like when they're doing bike races and there's a dude who's got the cameraman facing backwards, riding right next right, to like right, the... Right. Right? They're often professional racers, and this is what you do in the off season to make some money. So cool. the, the the talent pool is not inconsiderable. I mean, it's always my favorite part when there's a good good motorcycle scene in a movie. So right. I thought I thought we'd start sharing those when we see them. So moving on to the next topic, I wanted to ask people about if there are any bikes that they find intimidating. I remember, I mean, when you're a newer rider, anything big is intimidating. Like the other week when I told Megan to hop on um, Antonio's... Uh, Bandit 1300? 1200. 1200. Bandit 1200. She's like, no, I can't ride them. I'm like, no, you can't. It's really smooth. It's really easy. No, I mean, she was kind of intimidated. Then she got on and realized, not so bad. But there are bikes out there uh, that... I would put in the intimidating, which maybe aren't that bad once I get on it. Some people find have bikes they've ridden that are still intimidated. They're intimidated after riding it. And then there are bikes that just kind of have a lure that they're intimidated. For me, that's the VMAX, just from what I've heard from people say that that bike is a crazy, powerful bike. So like the Bugatti of, of motorcycles? Maybe. So when I say intimidated, I have a great respect for I, I have not tried one. It's been on my list for a couple decades it's now. It's your uh, Eleanor, or what is it, from Gone in 60 Seconds. Oh, right. Yeah, Eleanor, I think. Eleanor. So if we limit it to production, commercially available vehicles. We don't have to limit it. Because anything in the MotoGP class, would pro- uh, in the two-stroke MotoGP class would... I bet you Lucas won't agree. Right. Uh, NSR 400 sounds pretty good. Okay. I love but one of those. The... Honda 500cc two-stroke dirt bike. Is that Which, the, that's the shit yo pants bike. Wait, <laughs> there's a 700cc two-stroke dirt bike. Right. You know that, right? Well, the so really quality riders, Antonio, for instance, mm-hmm. and Adrian and some others, when I said, well, what are your, what's your thoughts about this? The response was, a whole lot of fun, but it should come with a free helicopter ride. <laughs> uh, the reasoning is that uh, the amount of skill level required for your throttle control. Because when you hit that power band with 500 cc, essentially a thousand cc's on not a whole lot of weight between your legs, and you hit that power band, you got to know exactly where that's going to hit. And if you're a little off, that could be really uncomfortable. 
more importantly, it could be really embarrassing as you have to go walk the quarter mile your bike flew without you. (laughs) So this is a bike you've never ridden? No. But you would be intimidated to to ride? I I think you might see me... um, ride at a lower than expected pace yeah it's just the just the honda 500 cc two-stroke i mean because they're not the the 500 tc the 500 cc two-stroke dirt bikes because they're geared for power sure and having taken an 800 cc four-stroke like on a hill climb with an 800 with the with with Mm -hmm. my bike you if you whack it you're gonna flip it you can't do a hill climb Mm -hmm. so you have to keep the throttle. You have to, there's a lot of throttle modulation that goes when you're doing like the big hill climb at Hollister. You know, you're doing a quarter mile or eighth of a mile of a hill climb. The The difficulty with something that's a two-stroke is that power band, your throttle modulation now becomes an issue. With the 500, like how would you even hit that power band? The guy who, who the, the, the 14-year-old kid who rode my <laughs> bike out from the hill that I'd fallen down at Metcalf. And did hill climbs on a 500 cc that was Jeez. his that was his vehicle choice probably with an extended swing arm too you know uh, i didn't ask because he rode my bike out of the hill, the hill. <laughs> in my defense it did take him three attempts uh, well he got it out it only took me an hour and a half to figure out that i was not going to be successful <laughs> so douglas do you have a not bike really intimidated by? i don't really know of all what's out there so i can't really make a uh I can't really tell which one I'm really intimidated right now, but the, the most intimidating one I did ever get on, uh, because I wasn't riding for very long was the super Duke. Yeah. All I did was go down a uh, eighth of the mile to the roundabout <laughs> and come back. And I got off and I was like, fuck this. I'm not, I'm not ready for this yet. Who's it's, super it's, Duke? Rain? Uh, whose was that? Scott, an old recycler. Was that a 990 or was that yeah. a, super that was a 990 yeah. twin super Duke. And that thing, um, I just didn't have the throttle control yet, and uh, I was afraid it was just going to get right underneath me, or right out from underneath me. Yeah, yeah you can tell at, it's at a beast. Time. Yeah. I really want to ride one of those. This oh, is so much fun. I immediately knew before I even hit second gear that I will die on this bike, and I am perfectly fine with that. <laughs> That's a lifelong It's an amazing machine. Experience with right there. unending immediate torque. Yeah, that's why. I mean, I've had the 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 Super Duke on my list, and now the new one's out. I was like, "Oh, I'll get the new one." I was like, "Wait a minute, I don't need to get the new one. I think the <laughs> no, old you one can get like an 09 or an still a or shit your pants." Yeah, <laughs> shit your pants. Yeah, and it looks cool too. I really like them. Um, someday, and it's well engineered, which means that you're. It's the problem with like you know, it's not it's not overpowered without the engineering to back it up. Yeah. Right. Lucas, how about you? What intimidates you? Uh well, I think the most intimidating bike I've ever rode was probably a super raked out chopper. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because See, it funny. did not turn. With the ape hangers? Or no, it with... didn't have ape hangers. It had like drag bars, but it was like a super, super long rake, like the kind you see. Like, you know, in the 70s, easy rider shit, right? <laughs> and turning this thing, you're already, like, being folded in half. <laughs> you're being folded in half because your legs are way out in front of you. Like, you're touching your toes. And you're leaning way the hell over because you got these little drag bars. And you got your shoulders are all hunched yeah, over. And, and, uh, <laughs> and the forks are, like, six feet long. And so the wheelbase is, like, 10 or 12 feet or something. And you're just like, That's a oh, my point. God, this thing, I'm just going to fall over. Like, as soon as you start to turn. There's one of those that is over. around town here, too. And it, he's got, like... Z-bars? He's got handlebars that are about 12 yeah. inches wide. Uh, and that's both sides. 
and he goes around like that. I think I saw it last year at the Bikes on the Bay. I got to be with Lucas on this. That, and I, I've been on one that had a ten foot between ten foot wheel span. Right. right. Yeah. And uh, I mean, well, every Harley I've ever been on is like you got to send a memo to turn, and this is first. <laughs> I, it's funny because that's not intimidating to me because I built one of those. Right. But what's funny is I used to let a lot of like the vampires go ride it because some of them were intimidated the by chopper. it. And I let Jason go ride it and he went around the fish hook. And he said it was uh-huh. the most frightening thing in the world because it's so the wheelbase is so long and the front spring or front end is offset. The wheel is offset from the forks. Yeah. And he said he whenever you turn, you're the bike pivots in the middle so you turn right but your body goes left and he kept doing these like little awkward little short little turns because you turn the bars one way and the bike pivots the other way and jason's a pretty skilled he's a high, yeah. He, he, oh yeah he's a high he's a top tier experience he's experienced daily rider oh yeah it's just it's a very bizarre experience yeah. and so until that, you've done it that sucked um in terms of bikes i haven't ridden um probably I, I am very excited, but also very intimidated by the prospect of riding like a uh, 400, 500 cc two-stroke i4, like the old GP bikes, because that right. they just sound ridiculously <laughs> insane, and I think that's why they would just be awesome. Well, for me, any race bike is intimidating because yeah. you when you get up, when we go to like walk the pits and stuff, and you see them, and you see that the controls are like weird, and there's weird things on there. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? This is not normal. Well, I just like the idea of like starting out like, oh, this is crazy. And then, you know, after a few hours, you're like getting used to it and you're like taming the beast, you know. I just assume any race bike, I would probably just loop it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a whole new level of throttle control. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, on on that. Does they have a rain mode? (laughs) The not intimidated, but definitely understand it would be a risk for me would be the S1000RR. Really? Be, it, How is it, that any different from any other leader of super sport? Well, it's faster than a, uh, according to Motorcycle News, it's faster than a Busa and outturns an MV. Huh. They rated it higher, equal to or higher than the MV on whippiness, and it's faster than a, than the Busa yeah, in a straight it's, line. It's won all the shootouts yeah. for um, and, motorcyclists. The traction control programming in it doesn't change until you get all the way up to Super World Superbike. They use the stock. Wow. The stock traction control, the stock. What rolls off the assembly line is what they're racing. Uh, I ran across a guy who said he took it took Alpine in, in wet weather and he couldn't break the rear. He tried to break the rear loose and it wouldn't. Cool. So that's such a cheater bike. How is that intimidating? That makes it easy. Well, that's exa- exactly. I mean, not, not intimidating, but on the on the school of race bikes that. I mean, that would just be. All right, Davey, how about you? Um, well, I can't really say much because the most I've ridden is your rat bike, which is a 750. It's the <laughs> biggest I've ever ridden. Um, so I, does any like big bike, is that intimidating to you right now? Because you just don't know what you're getting into? No, I look at Jixers and I look at all this stuff, like Thousand, yeah. and I think like that'd be awesome. Um, the only bike that I'm really intimidated in, and this is just because it's my stepdad's, this is Harley um, 1200. I don't even know what kind of bike it is. If it's F-L-D-L-C-X a 1200, it's got to be a Sportster. WTF BBQ. No, those are 1350s <laughs> and 1500s. It is a massive bike, and I just want to take it out. But it's like the weight 
issue for me because i grew up riding dirt so bikes big the, wide heavy bike exactly like the turning and all that stuff would ride be. a memo <laughs> are there any dirt bikes that intimidate you um no i would ride you, you give me anything you want the mako 700 cc two-stroke Anything, man. How about a, how about a three wheeler, like a three wheeler, okay, like three old seventies, yeah. old seventies two ATC. stroke ATC. I've actually those ridden those. Freaking scary, because you're gonna. <laughs> well, I was up at a three wheeler. Yeah. yeah, dude. Oh, those things are dangerous as hell. That's like up. the crappy flippy rollover prone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've ridden those things on a private property, like my own private property, and man, oh man, I go into a. I go into a turn and one wheel comes off and I'm just yeah. like, oh shit, it's not supposed to happen. Yeah, no. <laughs> Aren't we supposed to stay all together? But... Where's my flag? <laughs> so and but there's no. You would hop on this uh, two-stroke. Yeah. Well, there you go. Wow. It, it's funny because we do each have something that is intimidating, but others are like, ah, it's yeah, not that bad. For sure. But it is good to have healthy respect. For a bike, and anytime when, especially when you're newer and you get on larger and larger bikes, you need to have that that respect. I'm intimidated by anything with like a seat height higher than 32 inches. <laughs> <laughs> so most of my bikes. That's much. another thing. Being six two, sitting on a lot of bikes, they're pretty small for me. So he sat on my Jixer, yeah. and like his elbows were overlapping his knees, and I thought that was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> nice. Well, cool. Anyone have anything else to add uh, about that topic? No. Or anything in general. We could talk about donuts, Chinese plastics real quick. Let's do that. <laughs> Let's just cover that. We got a few minutes here. Yeah. So you want to comment? Well, on that? Yeah, only because I was helping him. Um, he So he's got the CBR 600 F3, right? It's 98. Yeah. It's 98. And the plastics are just crappy. It's duct tape, zip tied, you know. Um, so he bought this set of Chinese parts that was a whole folly just getting them here to the United States. Yeah. I think you order them on like eBay and it's like 350 I don't know bucks. where he got them from. Uh, it I've was, seen stuff like this. It was like... Yeah. Oh, it's a complete body kit with, with, with everything. Uh, with a proper teardown and the proper tools and the proper time allotted, I could see how you could make that body kit look pretty good with what we had to work with and our limited knowledge on applying these Chinese knockoffs. Uh, it it could look better, but and it was, it was very frustrating. Like the line, nothing was. You'd get like one pop rivet or one uh, tab under one tab done, and, and then, then the other out. three screw holes were misaligned. <laughs> so I have to say yeah. that first of all, all the attaching points sucks because they didn't even have threads in that one part. What they, they have, so Justin, what they have is just they have tabs going into slots. And then they have some drilled out holes for some pre-existing mounting points on well, your bike. Blame Honda for that. Assuming that you haven't lost the clip on that part, right? But then there are other parts where you screw them together, um, where it just has a... Um, go, a ahead, go ahead and laugh. It has a, a plastic bung. <laughs> That just has a hole. It just has where on the original part it would have a machine screw or a machine thread, female machine thread. Shut up. This just has a plastic mound with a hole drilled in it that you can put a sheet metal screw into, which is going to strip out after like two times of disassembling that. So right there, it's like. uh, hmm. So the lesson learned here is that 
when you decide you need to know how much your time is worth because when you decide to save a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars on plastics, you oh, it's more than that. It's a lot more. Than yeah. Much more. Like OEM uh, fairings that bike are like twelve hundred bucks minimum. Yeah, this is everything. And painted. this is like three hundred fifty bucks. And it even comes with a tank cover that just fits over your tank right. with a hole cut out where the gas cap you can get access to the gas cap. So you don't need a holding um, I mean, it has potential as a cheap way to replace all your plastics, even including the front fender, everything. As long can. as you take the time to make everything fit properly. Well, I noticed when I was looking at it today, because there are no joints are together properly. There's yeah. big gaps everywhere. There's corners hanging out. Um, I noticed that there was a lot of screw holes that had no screws in it. He right. just didn't. You can't get the things to line up. Yeah. And we had very limited time, and it was like 10 p.m., and we wanted to get buttoned up and go home. So here's my concern. He just, as I kept pointing out these little corners popping up and stuff, he goes, no, it's fine. It's good. No, it's not fine. What's the worst case? Well, when you go speed on the freeway. Your bike will just disintegrate. Yeah. Well, (laughs) and that's what I was, I mean, well, I don't know. Because this is... Thin, this no, it's, it's really thin it's shit. Thin. I don't even think it's well, like ABS plastic. So what I'm thinking think is that crap. I mean, yes, it could disintegrate, and if the rider is able to keep their head about them, then you end up throwing plastic down the road and keep on going. Now you have a naked bike. Okay, it's still never good to have anything fall off your bike for you or the people behind yeah. you. Well, I didn't say it was a good. It thing. It could hit a bike behind you and your in your group. Who knows? Well, with the plastic quality, they probably just roll right over. That it. would imply there was anybody <laughs> behind him. So that's just it's just a question we're kind of throwing around at the shop now. Is it worth it to buy the the cheap parts? No. I'd say you get what you pay for. Yes. Like I think he bought the cheapest fairings he could possibly find. Yeah. I think they were only like three hundred bucks. And I have uh Octomar's fairings on my um six hundred RR and the fitment is not perfect, but it's pretty good. And the paint quality is pretty good, and I know they still call them 10-foot fairings, but everyone always complimented how good they looked and how nice of a bike it looked. So, I mean, for 550 bucks, that's like a world of difference between the kind of fairings he got and the kind of fairings I got. So I would say, me personally, I, I would buy them knowing now that you're going to spend hours and hours to get everything lined up and modify things to make it fit and you're not you're saving money but you're not saving time right don't skimp on the important stuff don't skimp on tires or One, chains yeah. i agree or gears you or buy brakes what you pay for you get what you don't pay skimp for. on the important stuff but for this body kit i mean so for the appearance for the appearance things well why you know, do you do the dirt bike thing he he could have spent the same amount of money on just a tail section and just painted everything else he had. Yeah, I would and it would have been it would have he would a lot less work. Because are functional, like they're not broken. They're just right. Like it's just the ratty. only thing that was really bad was the tail okay. section. Yeah, buy buy a new tail section on eBay or some crap. You yeah, know? for less money and just paint everything to match. You could also see if they someone's selling fairings on eBay, the ones that well, are in pretty good condition. They go for too. money, but I'm I mean I'm glad that he tried it. I want, I was curious to see because I've always looked at him. When you get a new dirt bike, uh, like get a really pretty brand new dirt bike and it looks really cool, the first thing you do is you go out and you buy a pair a set of really crappy fairings. Take your, <laughs> take yeah. your plastics off, put them in the garage, and put the crappy ones on and beat the living crap out of them until you sell the bike and then you put the new ones back on. Yeah. Right. I mean, but yeah. then again, we all know where my appearance standards are. I, mean, I was like, I just bought brand new plastics for my CR125, and I'm going to ride the shit out of it with it, or, like, I don't care. Right. 
Well, I'm, I'm considering doing it to my Jixer because I'm like, I haven't crashed no. in years. Oh, your Jixer, right. But it would be good that if something bad did happen, like on the track, I would not tear up the really awesome, nice OEM fairings. You're right, a Jixer that's... truck rider? I'm a Jixer <laughs> rider. I ride wherever there is roads to be ridden. All right, let's wrap this up. All right, up. cool. Well, I think, yeah, we're over time now, so... That was a good little just uh, just edit all my stuff out. We'd be fine. What we're doing, we usually <laughs> we do. usually do. <laughs> Nobody knows who you are. They listen to the show. So how do you reach us? Okay, I'm gonna take a shot at this. Hold on. Um, you can reach us at recyclemotorcyclegarage at gmail dot com. You can uh, like us on Facebook at recycle Santa, Santa, Santa Cruz. Cruz, and you can. Uh, website oh please um, rate us on iTunes it really helps if you rate us and it gives us feedback too and then you also can check out our YouTube page which none of us remember what it is but I think it's Recycle Santa, Santa Cruz. Cruz and what am I missing nice. motorcycles, motorcycles, and motorcycles and misfits motorcycles and order our swag we'll send you some swag yeah we got send us emails Moto and uh, kittens if you use new kittens <laughs> we'll send you some autographed kittens we have t-shirts for sale they're very nice and you can um, find those through the website motorcyclesandmisfits.com and go on over there and click on Moto Bandito if you want to hear some of the Moto Bandito commercials and it's I real stuff I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. So thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. This is Liza. David. Lucas. Douglas. Justin. Speedo. Speedo. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not, well, Speedo. it is. It's because I'm both fast and I wear Speedos a lot. So that, yeah, that's, that's it. Thing. You know, that's I could have gone the rest of my life without that image. <laughs> hey, I also do pictures. So if you guys want to like rent pictures of me on Liza's bikes or on anyone's bikes, you go ahead. No, in four, what, four days? <laughs> yeah. In four days, we will sell pictures of him in his Speedo because then uh, he will be birthday. 18. Yay. Everybody say happy I believe birthday. the rules are you have to take them after. Yes, exactly. Well, now I took him when he was 15. I've just been waiting till he's 18 to sell him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Work for Maryland Chamber. <laughs> That's not how it works. All right. Thanks Love for it. listening. We're out. Cool, cool. See, we can always just find something to yak about, can't we? <laughs>